friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Thank you so much for being patient with me while I dragged my feet producing this latest episode. And I'm going to tell you why it took me so long to produce. But first, thank you so much for those of you that have reached out and said, I'm waiting on another episode. I appreciate you. You may or may not know that my Instagram account was hacked a few weeks ago. The reason why I produced this podcast and why I even bothered to build a platform on Instagram was really for several reasons. The first is to connect with people and show them what these coaching techniques and tools can do in their life because I just want people's lives to be easier, to be more fun, and I want people to be healthy and thriving. That's my number one goal. So the more people I can reach, the better I feel at the end of my life. When I look back, when I stand before God and God says to me, what did you do? I want to say I did the best I could with the tools that I had. And I tried to teach people how to live happier healthier lives to love themselves and the people around them better and that is why I developed a presence on Instagram over I would say about five years I spent building relationships with people on Instagram posting content every day commenting on other people's feed doing everything I could to build a presence there because I knew that that is a great place to connect with people who've never heard of me, who've never heard of coaching, to share with them what these skills and tools can do once applied in their life. And that is the same reason why I'm here speaking to you on podcast, because podcast is just another platform where I can reach people. So that's first and foremost, mental health and happy people is my number one reason. My number two reason for producing podcasts and being on social media is to find people who want to take the surface level knowledge deeper in their lives and they want to build a coaching relationship with me and say, I like what you're doing. I like what you have to say. Help me apply it to my life on a deeper level one-on-one so I can learn myself. I can learn my patterns of thoughts, my patterns of emotions, and my patterns of behavior that don't serve me. So that I can build new thoughts, new emotions, and new behaviors that do serve me. They serve the vision of my life that I have for myself. And they serve my family and friends and the people around me that I care about. So really for those two reasons, I spent the last five years building a presence on Instagram. So when I tell you that 
what I experienced in having my Instagram account hacked and essentially hijacked and taken over for me personally was very traumatic. I mean it. Now, social media, it's interesting, right? At the end of the day, social media is not a necessity. It is not something that is going to help you live a happy, healthy life. It's not your food. It's not your water. It's not your shelter. It's not your people that you love, that you hold tight at night. Yet, with that said, social media for me is a big deal. It's my livelihood. It's where I make connections. It's where I meet clients. It's where I get my voice out there. It's my platform. So when that was taken away, and not only taken away, but brutally taken away, which we're going to go into that in just a minute, it was traumatic for me. Well, what I want to talk to you about today, what I want this episode to be is number one, like I've been asked over and over and over again to share this story with people. They want to know like what happened behind the scenes when my Instagram account was hijacked. I'm going to share that with you. I'm also going to share how I pulled myself out of that traumatic experience using the coaching tools and applying them to my real life when I needed those coaching tools the most. Well, maybe not the most in my life, but a time in my life when I really needed them. And not only were the tools there for me, but people were there for me. People came out of the woodwork to say, Rachel, I'm here for you. Everything's going to be okay. How can I help? And if you are one of those people, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, I realize if you're listening to this, you might not have known that my Instagram account was hacked. Now you do know. So the account that was officially hacked was coach underscore Rachel underscore Bailey. So if we had been in contact on that platform before or you were following me on that platform, please know that I do not have access to that account anymore. That is not me that owns and runs that account anymore. It is a hacker. I have created a new account, which we're going to go into the why I even bothered to do that much. But my new account is where you can reach me now. Simply remove the underscores and you'll find me at Coach Rachel Bailey. All one word. That is my new Instagram account, Coach Rachel Bailey. I did it similar on purpose and that is because of the brand that I have built for myself as Coach Rachel Bailey and my website and all of that. I didn't want to have to change everything. So that is why my new Instagram username is very similar. I promise you though, it is me, that is the real me, Coach Rachel Bailey. So I know you're probably dying to hear the story of when did I get hacked, how did I get hacked, what happened, what was that experience like for me, and then I'm going to dive into number one, how to prevent yourself against hackers, and number two, how to use these coaching skills when you really need them because life feels scary and life feels chaotic. So when did I get hacked? I got hacked actually during the social media blackout. So that day I didn't have access to my Instagram account. Do you remember this day? It was the day when no one had access to Instagram or Facebook. So if you were on either of those two platforms, you probably knew that this happened where there was a global shutdown of social media on those two sites. 
Well, I couldn't get into my Instagram account that morning, but later that day, I was reading that nobody could get into their Instagram account. So I thought, well, okay, this might not be a big deal then. Everyone is experiencing this. It's, it's going to be fine. Later that day, or that night, I guess, I tried to log into my account because everyone else was back up and posting and I was beginning to have access again to Facebook and I thought, okay, I'm going to try to log into my Instagram account. It was weird that I had to log in because normally when I click on the app on my phone, I'm already logged in. So that was weird to me. When I tried to log in, it didn't work properly. I got the, you must have entered an incorrect password message. So I tried it again. I tried my password again and to no avail. So I clicked on the button that says, have you forgotten your username or password? And when it popped up, it asked me to, it asked me if I wanted a verification code, which obviously I did. So I said, yes. Well, it sent it to not my number. It did not send it to my cell phone number. It sent it to some random number that I didn't recognize. That was my first red flag right there. I'm like, this is weird. I do not like this. So then I clicked, okay, send verification code a different method. And I tried to send it to my email account and it did not go to my email address. It went to a random email address and I don't know if you've ever tried to recover like a lost password but it doesn't show you the whole email address or the whole phone number it gives you like the first couple of digits and the last couple of digits yet I could tell this is not mine and now we're in trouble well I start by reading as much as I can online about what to do if your Instagram account is hacked And while I'm, you know, trying this and I'm trying that, I'm reading everything that it says to do, I'm trying all these different things, I get a message in my WhatsApp. And if you have WhatsApp, it's basically a way for people to communicate via texting internationally. And I get this text message in my WhatsApp that says, this is Instagram support. We're here to help you log into your account. And I found this interesting like okay I guess whatever I've been doing here online and asking for help it's worked and someone has reached out to me so I respond with yes my Instagram account um, is locked I can't get in my verification code is going someplace else and then I get asked okay well what is your username and what is your email address I give my username and my email address because at this point I'm thinking, all right, I've got nothing to lose. This person is reaching out to me from Instagram customer support and they're trying to help me, right? Well, this conversation with this person that is Instagram support is awkward and seems weird. And it's hard, it's very hard for me to articulate where my spidey senses were going off and why the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up because if I go back and look at the text which I'm not going to because it's going to get brutal and I'm going to share um it doesn't really make sense the words the content isn't enough to raise a red flag yet in my body 
I can sense that something's not right about this interaction with this person that is Instagram support. So I'm hesitant. They keep asking me, you know, for information and I'm like, I don't know if I should give this person my information or not because this is a stranger that I am talking to via WhatsApp that is helping me or saying that they're helping me, but I have no way to know that. And generally speaking, I'm a very, very trusting person, but there was something in me that said, I'm just not sure. And the conversation that I was having with this person over text message or over WhatsApp was becoming increasingly more uncomfortable for me. And I'll tell you, the biggest red flag was raised when this person asked for my ID. When the person on the other end of this conversation asked for my ID, I was very uncomfortable. At this point, I'm like, there's no way this person is trying to help me because identification is not required to set up an Instagram account. Why would it be required to recover an Instagram account? I did not send my ID. What I sent instead was, why do you need my ID? I don't understand. I'm confused. The response that I got back from this number to me, it felt like the person I was talking to on the other end of this conversation was annoyed at me. I just put it that way. I don't remember specifically what was said, but I remember thinking this person is extremely agitated with me at this point. And the customer service said, We're trying to support you. We're trying to help you get into your account. But every time we ask you for information, you won't comply. You're not giving it to us. And you're making our job a lot harder to help you. We're trying to help you. Now, I think the key point that I should probably address first is that I did not send my ID. Never send your ID over the internet to somebody you don't know. That's like rule 101 of being a human online, right? I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Well, when I refused to do this and I cut off communication because I'm like, this doesn't feel right, right? So I ended the communication. I said, thank you for trying to help me, but we're at a standstill. I'm not going to send you my ID. Thank you very much. I'm out of here. I ended the conversation What happened from there is I got a telephone call from a different number. And when I answered that call, the customer care person on the other end said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I've heard that you've, you had an interaction with Mr. So-and-so and Mr. So-and-so would like me to tell you that he's sorry that he wasn't able to help you. I'm here now. I would like to restore rapport with you. I would like to help you. I would like to get your account back to you. I'm here to help. At this point, I'm like, okay, maybe this is legit. I already said no, you can have it, and now someone else is reaching out to me. Maybe this is promising. I don't know. And you have to remember, too, at this point, I am not able to get into my Instagram account And this person is promising to help restore my Instagram account. So at this point in the conversation, I really feel like I have two options. I can believe this person and they could be wrong and not help me. Or I don't believe this person and maybe they do want to help me. 
and I don't have my Instagram account back, the one that I have spent five years building. So I'm going back and forth in my head, arguing with myself about whether or not I trust the person on the other end of this conversation. I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your life where your head is telling you one thing and your gut is telling you a different thing. That is a tough place to be. And it's a very common human experience. So if you've ever experienced this, you're normal. Well, I was experiencing this. Logically, I wanted to believe that this person on the other end of this conversation was going to help me. But internally, something seemed off. The problem was I couldn't point my finger at what it was that felt off. It just felt off in my gut, in my intuition. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? In hindsight, I wish I would have just blocked the number right there and said, this conversation is over. Because what ended up happening was I began to talk to this new customer care representative for, I would say, probably an hour or two. We went back and forth and I felt obligated to be on my phone having this conversation with this person that was there trying to help me. And they started asking for very basic information at the beginning my Instagram username, uh, what email address was connected to the account, things like that. Things that they could look up in the back of my Instagram account that didn't raise any red flags for me. But every time they started to ask me for things that did raise red flags, I would pump the brakes. So then they started asking me, okay, your Instagram account is connected to your Facebook. Can we have your Facebook password? Well, no, you can't have my Facebook password. Why do you need my Facebook password? I just need to get back into my Instagram account. What this did psychologically for me was two different things. On, on the one hand, this person is brilliant. They're building rapport with me by asking me small questions that don't really raise any red flags because they're building a relationship. They're building rapport over text messaging so that when they ask me for deeper information, they will get it. That's what their intention was. What was going on with me, though, is this constant back and forth in my head. Do I trust this person or not? Are they helping me or not? I'm so confused. And that's what made this experience so horrible for me, was I was not sure if I trusted this other person for one thing I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing for another and the level of anxiety and unrest I felt having this conversation on and on and on and on it was like constantly being on a roller coaster that you just want to get off of like you just want the freaking thing to stop but the more you try to get it to stop the faster and faster it goes and you just want off that's how I felt having this conversation like I just want it to be done just stop talking just leave me alone just get your job done like I'm worn out I'm tired I'm exhausted I want this thing to be over another detail to help paint this picture is Whenever I'd put my phone down, um, a problem would occur and they would call me and call me and call me and call me and then they'd say, we need you, it's urgent, where are you, where are you, where are you, where are you and then I'd come back to my phone 
And I'd have like 15 missed calls and 15 missed messages. And I'd say, hey, you know, I told you I was going to be with a client or I told you I wasn't going to be able to be on my phone. And then it was, well, we needed you. This was the time to get this done. So they were playing psychological games with me. And that's where the anxiety started to build. Because whenever I was on my phone talking to them, I had anxiety. And whenever I was not on my phone, not talking to them, I had anxiety. Because either way, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. If I get on the phone with them, they're going to ask me for information I'm not comfortable giving. If I've put my phone down, they're going to call me 15 times and there's going to be a problem. Consciously, as I'm saying all this out loud now that I've had time to process, I'm like, oh my gosh, it seems so obvious that this person's playing head games with me. Yet while I was in it and experiencing it, I felt completely confused. And this is what brilliant manipulators will do. They will make it very confusing. They will have you questioning your reality and they will have you questioning the inner voice in your head so that you are not sure what to believe. That is what brilliant manipulators will do. And let me tell you, I was dealing with one. I'm not going to go into all of the details. I want to paint a broader picture so we can get through this faster. But the long and short of it is, this back and forth went on for several days. So I was attached to my phone for several days having a back and forth with this person that was the cause of a lot of anxiety for me over several days when things finally came to a head and it's like well how could it take several days to get into your Instagram account for me to go into all of that we're going to be here all day the long and short of it is every time there was a solution there was a problem and every time there was a problem there was a solution that required more information and every time there was a solution that required more information I felt uncomfortable, didn't give it, blocked the number, and a new number reached out to me. So this went on for several days until I was worn out, tired, and exhausted of this problem. The last draw for me was when a new customer, the fourth customer service representative that reached out to me and I said, I just want to be done. Just leave me alone. I don't care anymore. Like, I just... This is a done deal. Clearly, you can't recover my account. There's too many problems. I don't want to send you any more information. We're done here. The person on the other end said, well, listen, we're going to solve all these problems for you. You don't need to send us any more information. We'll get this figured out. You just need to send $300. And then we will, when you send the $300, then you'll have access to your account back. That was the last straw for me. I was really done dealing with this person. And I basically said, no, I don't care enough to send you $300. Why would I trust you at this point? There's been no results. We've been working on this for three days. I still don't have an Instagram account. And I'm not sending you money for a job that hasn't been done yet. I said, if this is really true and you're going to solve all of the problems that are back on the back end of my Instagram account and then I'm going to have access to my account back, great, I will happily send you $300 for a service well done, but not before. 
Long story short, I went back and forth with them on this issue until we reached a stalemate. And when we reached a stalemate, I said, I don't care anymore. I don't want my Instagram account back. And I was met with a series of call after call after call after call after call. I was met with message after message after message after message. Like this person would not leave me alone. And that's when I knew something isn't right. Like something, I felt it in my gut the whole time, but now it was glaring me right in the face. There was no more denying the fact that whoever I was dealing with had malicious intent because the messages that they started sending me started to become verbally abusive. This person started blaming me, shaming me. This is all your fault. This is a waste of several days of work now because you won't send the money and you won't get this job done. And we're sick and tired of dealing with this. And you've already talked to four customer service representatives. And this is ridiculous. And that's when I knew, okay, I am clearly dealing with somebody who is not actually a customer support person because a customer support person I would hope would never treat another human being that way at this point after several days of having anxiety over this stupid conversation on whatsapp I'm like I'm tired I'm exhausted I'm anxious I'm over it I don't care I don't need this anymore I had already blocked three different numbers from whatsapp that claimed to be customer care so when I blocked the fourth one I knew it I was expecting it a new number reached out to me and I just deleted my whatsapp because I was like no I'm done we've gone around for several days I've gotten absolutely nowhere except uh, now I have a headache I have anxiety this person won't leave me alone they're sending me malicious things I just want to be left alone I don't know if you've ever felt that before but it was like just leave me alone I'll give you it's like I I almost considered giving them the $300 to just just leave me alone. Like that's how brilliant these people are. Like they'll just hammer you down until you're like I surrender whatever you want. I'm sick of you. Go away. That's literally what I felt like. I did not send them the $300 but I considered it just to make them go away. At this point you have to remember not only am I tired, exhausted, and anxious from this back and forth with this person now I realize that I've been hacked that this is not a good situation to be stuck in and not only am I realizing that I'm hacked I'm also being faced with the reality that I've just lost 21,000 followers that I have spent the last five years connecting with and building relationships with online and that's gone. All of my content is gone. All of my access to all of the messages that I share with my clients is gone. Everything's gone. I have no access to it. I'm currently being bullied by hackers and I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do. And now the fear sets in because I'm like, okay, what information did I actually send to them? And can they do anything with it? So in my state of panic and fear, I went and I changed all of my email passwords, all of my other social media passwords. And this is my tip for you. You must, 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 must turn on two-factor verification on every single email account that you have and every single social media site that you have. Because that was my fatal mistake. I did not have two-factor 
verification on. And so once they were able to hack in, I wasn't immediately notified. I had received an email, but I don't check my email constantly. Nothing came directly to my telephone number because I didn't have my two-factor verification on. So by the time I noticed and went back to log into my Instagram account, it was too late. They had changed my email and phone number so that my verification codes were going to them and not to me. And that's the thing. Like your password can be so crazy complicated with all the letters of the alphabet and all the random numbers and every special character weaved in there. But that doesn't matter because if a hacker has access to your verification all they have to do is send that verification to themselves and then it doesn't matter how crazy your password is. So you must have two-factor verification on. So once I'm saying this to you out loud, like the reason why this podcast took so long for me to even produce was because I had all of the feelings of anxiety, of grief and loss over the loss of my account of guilt I also had shame because oh my gosh why didn't I have that on I should have known better and I want to just address that for a minute if you've ever been victimized in your life I'm willing to bet that more than likely you have experienced guilt and or shame because those two emotions are very natural to have when you are a victim Yet that guilt and that shame does not belong to you, nor should you feel burdened to carry it for the rest of your life. What happened to you was not your fault. It's, it wasn't my fault that this happened to me. It wasn't your fault if something happened to you. We go in this journey in our brain where we want to blame ourselves. And I think the reason that we do this is because it's easier to shame and blame ourselves than it is to realize that some things are out of our control. Because what is shame and guilt saying? It's saying I could have done something different. I could have done something better. If only. If only I had had more control of the situation. Well, to abandon the guilt and to abandon the shame means I'm also abandoning that control. And that's... A vulnerable place to be for some people. Yet I want to let you know that what happened to you is not your fault. We're going to come back to this. I'm going to come back to this thought. But I felt appropriate to say now. So after all this happens, I'm dealing with all of my emotions. I'm dealing with anger. I'm dealing with sadness. I'm dealing with just rage, honestly. Rage towards these hackers. So many emotions. But the one thing that I do have is closure. I'm like, I finally, they're going to leave me alone. This is over. But unfortunately, I was mistaken. I started to process how I felt. I had a really amazing coaching session with my coach and kind of processed what emotions were coming up for me and what I was projecting on the situation. I was beginning to get to cause. I was beginning to come to acceptance with, okay, my Instagram account's gone, but at least I'm safe. I feel secure. 
to some degree. Like I've changed everything I can think of. I've deleted my WhatsApp. I think this is over. So I can now deal with the debris and pick up the pieces and move on. That's what I thought. Then I get a text message from a client. Hey, Rachel, are you on Instagram right now asking me to send you money via a different PayPal account? No, that's not me. Now I have a different problem. I have a spike in adrenaline. I have massive panic now because not only is my Instagram now taken away from me, it is now being used to take advantage of my friends, of my followers, of my clients, of all the people that I have spent five years building relationship and rapport and trust with. It's bad enough that I feel taken advantage of and used. I do not want that for my followers. So now I have to take action again. So I text all of my clients that I can think of. I put out posts on Facebook. I put out posts in all of my client groups to let them know that that's not me on that account. And I'm wrestling with what else do I do? Because I was going to just take some time off Instagram after being on it every day for five years and then having it ripped out from under me. I was like, maybe I just need a break. Maybe I could use the space. Maybe this is a positive thing. I'm going to dial it down. I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to do social media for a few weeks at least. And then I'll come back and I'll tell people what happened. Well, now I feel like I don't have that luxury because I feel an obligation and a responsibility to tell people that that's not me using that old account. So please don't respond to those messages. So that night, I build a new Instagram account, Coach Rachel Bailey, no underscores. And I start going through and adding people and within 10 minutes of me creating this account and revamping it, my old account, coach underscore Rachel underscore Bailey, sees me. I don't know why. I don't know how. Just instantly, they're aware that this account, new account exists. They take a screenshot of my new account. They post it in the story of my old account. And they tell everybody, quote, I've been hacked. This account is not me. This new account, coach Rachel Bailey, is fraudulent please block and report this account and I'm just like are you serious you couldn't just let me have this one win really uh it's gotta it's gotta go this far that night was the peak of every single emotion up until that point it had been a slow build a slow build of anxiety a slow build of anger a slow build of sadness a slow build of grief a slow build of shame now everything comes to a head it comes to a peak and i just don't even know how to respond i can't access the tools because i am fully triggered and this can happen this can happen to you it can happen to your kids it can happen to anyone we know the tools we have them we have them down but when we're triggered it's like we can't access our rational thinking brain we can't access sometimes the tools when we're fully triggered fair enough so if you find yourself in a situation where you are fully triggered and you cannot access your tools, 
my recommendation for you would be to call a safe person as soon as you possibly can and talk to them because they are in a state where they can think rationally. You are not. I was not in a state where I could think rationally. My husband comes out to try to speak to me about, hey, you know, all you have to do is block them and go to bed. And I can't hear him because I'm just extremely anxious about this whole situation and I feel like I've lost total control and I don't know what to do and he was right by the way there was nothing else to do at that point except for block them and go to bed but I couldn't so what I did instead was I called a buddy of mine who is a coach who I knew would be better equipped than my husband (laughs) to deal with my uh, anxiety and my emotional response to what was happening. So I called my buddy and I just like melted on the phone. I'm like, this is what happened. I don't know what to do. I'm so emotional. I'm so upset. I'm so mad at myself. Just everything came pouring out of me. And my friend is highly, highly trained, highly skilled. And he listened to me and he let me, in coaching, we call this effect when the client is unable to hear solutions or doesn't even want them because they're just so upset. He knew I was in effect and he let me be there for probably a, a good half an hour. He let me be in effect. And again, effect is when you are unable or unwilling to see positive results or see positive solutions to problems or get creative or feel empowered because you're so focused on the problem itself. And here's what I would like to say to you as a listener who maybe is listening to this podcast with the ear of what can I take away? What can I apply to my life? And what I would like to say to you is oftentimes when I teach my clients cause and effect, In its most basic, simplest terms, when I'm sitting down with a client, I will say, effect is when you are so focused on the problem itself that you cannot see creative solutions. Any creative solution at all feels like it's not going to fix the problem. And the solutions themselves might feel scary because the problem is so overwhelming. And when you're focused on the problem and the problem is all you see, you have reasons, you have excuses, you have negative emotions that don't serve you, you have negative thoughts that don't serve you, and the problem is so big, it takes over your vision until you cannot see outside of it. That's effect. When I teach this to my clients, they assume that they need to be at cause all the time and cause is the opposite it is oh i'm able to see solutions outside of the problem i'm able to get results i'm able to see a way around the block if i don't have time i could wake up earlier or stay up later or i could cut something from my schedule so that i am empowered to have more time instead of allowing the time to be a block Let's get creative. Let's find solutions. That's cause. Cause often feels very empowering. You feel very creative. You have results rather than excuses. When I teach this concept to my clients, 
What I notice is very early on, the client assumes they must always be at cause. This is a misconception. So the client, I will teach this to the client. I will show them where they're in effect in their life. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about where they don't have results because they are not willing to see them, whether consciously or unconsciously, because they're in effect. Then they take this information, and it's not their fault. It's just human nature. And they say, okay, now I have to get to cause all the time. So something will come up. They'll get in an argument with their significant other, or they'll have something happen to them. And they're like, I need to get to the result. I need to get to the solutions. I need to get to cause. I need to hurry up and dump this negative emotion. I need to hurry up and be positive and think positive and live my life to the fullest by finding the solution to the problem. And that actually doesn't work. And that's not what coaching is about. Because without the effect, there can be no being at cause. We must allow ourselves to feel the negative emotion. We must allow ourselves to process the negative thought. We must allow ourselves to see the problem Because if we don't see the problem, we're missing out on what is there to learn. If we go through our whole lives constantly trying to be positive and think positive and find solutions and get results, but we're not willing to look at the problems in our life, we're actually missing a lot of information, a lot of teachings, and a lot of learnings that are to be had when we look at the problems in our life and we allow ourselves to grieve and feel the negative emotions of what's going on. So that's what I want you to take from this podcast, if nothing else. When you have moments come up in your life where you're like, whoa, I'm in massive effect right now. I have massive major negative emotions or minor negative emotions. I cannot see solutions. I don't even want to talk to you about solutions. I want to be upset. That's effect and you are allowed to be there. The problem with effect is when we are in effect for too long. When we want to stay in our pain for weeks, for months, for years, and you know, you know someone in your life who's had something tragic happen to them 10, 15 years ago, and it's as if it happened yesterday. That's how upset they are. That's somebody that is clinging too tightly to effect and missing out on life because they are refusing to get to cause that is a different problem. And, and those are the type of people that I love to coach because I want them to get to cause in their life. I want them to be able to finally process the pain enough to let it go. Because eventually, you do want to let it go. But nothing has to be done immediately. And that's the message that I want you to hear from this podcast. Wherever you are, whether you're looking at your life and you're like, I'm totally in effect, focused on the problem and the negative emotions. Okay, for how long would you like to be in effect? Set a deadline for yourself. Put boundaries around that. I'm going to be in effect for a week or for two weeks. I allowed myself to be in effect around this Instagram account for three weeks. And then I'm like, okay, that's enough. 
I am wanting to get to cause now so that I can move on with my life. I don't want this to drag me down for a year. That doesn't serve me to be upset about this for a year. But it also doesn't serve me to rush to results and to rush to solutions, to rush to cause and to say I'm fine. That doesn't serve me either. So put boundaries around your effect and put boundaries around your cause. Set yourself a deadline. This horrible thing happened. I'm going to be upset for three months. Okay. This horrible thing happened. I'm going to be upset for a year. Okay. As long as your unconscious mind is clear how long it has to grieve. Then you put boundaries around it so you can move forward. And if you can't do this on your own, because I'm not expecting you to be able to do it on your own, this is when you want to partner with a coach who is certified or you want to partner with a therapist who can support you. I get asked this question all the time. What is the difference between therapy and life coaching? Now, I could go into this for days. We could do a podcast around what is the difference between therapy and life coaching, but I'll give you the short answer. I'll give you the cliff notes version. When I have a client that refuses to get to cause, which again, I'm not going to rush them, but if they are really in effect and they need to be in effect for maybe six months or a year, I'm going to send them to therapy because a therapist will listen to this person's problem and to this person's effect for years on end. When the client is willing to get to cause, willing to look for solutions, wants to see results in their life, but they just don't know how, that's when I would prefer that they partner with a life coach because a life coach is going to get those results faster. A therapist is for somebody who needs to process what happened to them. They need to grieve. It's all valid. There's not one that's better than the other. We do different things. So if you have questions about that, you can feel free to email me at coachrachelbailey at gmail.com or you can leave me a review and you're always welcome to comment and give me feedback. I also want to encourage you that if you're not yet following my new Instagram account, please click on the show notes below. I'm going to leave my new Instagram account, coachrachelbailey. There are no underscores in my new account. That's my old account. So if you're following my old account, please beware. (laughs) That's not me. Be careful. Be careful out there. All right, you guys, that is my tool for you. Have boundaries around your effect, have boundaries around your cause, and allow yourself to get to cause. It took me a while, it took me three weeks, but I'm like, okay, I'm ready now to move forward. I'm ready to embrace the fact that I get to start over. See, this is what cause sounds like. I get to start over now. I get to rebrand myself. This is an opportunity for me to evaluate how I showed up on that old account and how I'd like to show up differently on my new account. This is an opportunity for me to grow. This is an opportunity for me to value now the 300 followers that I do already have on my new account. It is an opportunity for me to build deeper relationships with the few followers that I have It is an opportunity for me to press restart. That's what cause sounds like when you're able to see the positives. Do not force yourself there. Allow yourself to get there. And if you need support, reach out to me. Send me an email, coachrachelbailey at gmail.com. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you have found value here. And as always, remember, life is a journey and you're the one in the driver's seat. I hope you have a fantastic day, a fantastic week, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.